Welcome to episode 37 of the Dudes Speak of Dudes podcast. Uh, this is not a podcast about relearning how to interact with folks post-COVID, uh, nor is this a podcast about building up your courage to get back into the swing of things as the world reopens. Well, wait a minute. Actually, now that I think about it, this, this, this podcast actually is about those things. Uh, but uh, it is in the terms of what all of this means uh, for dudes who like to spank dudes and dudes who like to be spanked by other dudes. And uh, this podcast episode is being hosted by two dudes. Hi, this is JR. Hey, JR, and this is uh, Scott, known as Red Spank Scott or Hotbot Scott. Welcome back to the podcast, JR. Um, listeners may uh, know, may have heard of JR in episode 24. Or may also know uh, Jr. as to from the nickname I gave him on the podcast, Boss Man, uh, because he is the boss of me. I bought him for a Jr. and uh, that will be relevant in just a minute. But first, Jr., tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your relationship to this banking community. Well, let's see. I grew up in Los Angeles, where I still live. Um, I've been into and interested in spanking for just about as long as I can remember started becoming um, active and meeting up with people when I was in my early 20s, which is around the early 90s, on dial-up BBS message boards. Some of you remember those. <laughs> um, and then uh, shortly thereafter, started going out to leather bars and, and meeting people in in-person venues as well and, and at Moonburn, um, still in the 90s at Moonburn. Um, at which I've enjoyed attending ever since and can't wait to get back to. Yes, me too. Uh, and uh, for those who he's, you're also very involved with the Avatar uh, Los Angeles uh, uh, BDSM organization education group, which, again, if you want to if you want to learn more about that, we'll be talking a little bit about that on this episode. But go back and listen to episode 24, uh, where JR and I talk about that organization a lot more. Funny thing on episode 24, when I had you on that podcast, it had been a week since you had given me a spanking. And what do you know? Uh, we are recording this episode a week after JR came over here to my apartment and gave me my first spanking in 14 months. <laughs> so and it was also my first spanking in 14 months. Yeah. So uh, part of the podcast is going to be talking about specifically what happened uh, once we actually started playing again and how, first of all, how awesome that was, because it was completely awesome. Um, uh, but before that, let's kind of get into some discussion about other things that are going on now that the reopening is really, really officially happening. Uh, first of all, a badass weekend in Augusta, Georgia, in, uh, August 14th through 17th. Um, registration is beginning um, there because of demand. You know, this is going to be badass weekend is going to be the first official big spanking event um, of the year um, because there's still a staggered reopenings. Um, I have heard. Uh, apologies to anyone involved in um, Camp Red Tails if I get this if I get this wrong, but I had seen information that Camp Red Tails is not happening um, this year in July because of the rephase, you know, the, the structuring. Unfortunately, the timing is just it probably would be safe 
by then, but you know, we're just now reopening. So I can see why they decided that they, they needed to delay. So as far as I know, Camp Red Tails is not happening. If I am wrong with that, someone involved with Camp Red Tails hit me up and I'll tweet it out to let people know. So that means Badass Weekend is going to be the next big event for us all to get together. They're phasing registration. I am already registered. I have already got my room reserved. So you guys know you'll see me there. Uh, and I'll have my butt available for my 50th birthday so people can beat my ass. Uh, and I'll be beating ass too. The big thing uh, to understand is because it is the first event, everybody wants to go. Um, and everybody will be able to go to the event itself. But it is very clear immediately that the hotel that it takes place at is going to be filled up and people are going to have to overflow uh, uh, over into other hotels and come over to this hotel for the event. It's one of those things that makes people grumble. It had to happen the last one that the last badass weekend before COVID, you know, something happened then. So you can imagine now um, if anyone is feeling like, Oh, should I should I go if I can't get into the resort? Please, 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 please come. Um, it they um, the Badass Weekend folks have pretty much control over the space, so they've got big tents uh, set up to hang out in. So even if you don't have a room there, it's easy easy to hang out there. There's a play dungeon that everyone will have access to. So the fact that you don't have a room doesn't mean you have to go to somebody else's room to play, although you can do that too. But there is play space at the resort um, for people to do spanking. So if you've never been to Badass Weekend and you have just spent, like us, the last 14 months wondering if you would ever get spanked again or ever be able to give another spanking again, please, please consider coming out to Badass Weekend. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing so many guys there. Um, as far as some local parties are starting to get started, uh, JR just mentioned Moonburn, which informally, um, I, I won't make this, I'll, again, I will tweet about this at our Dudes Spanking Dudes Twitter uh, account, which is actually officially titled Dudes Spank Dudes. Um, once it's officially official, what I've heard is that we are aiming or they are aiming for a July return. So the first weekend in July, so essentially July 4th weekend, um, celebrating with different types of fireworks. Um, right now, um, I do know the San Francisco men's baking party is coming back in June. Um, you can look up their website, SanFranciscoMensSpankingParty.com. Um, they will require proof. You will have to have your vaccination card uh, in order to get into their party in San Francisco. Um, I was also contacted by uh, the gentleman behind Can Spanks, uh, a Canadian speaking party that hasn't we haven't really talked about on this podcast um, because it was just getting started. So they've only had they're in actually the same situation as we were with hot seat retreat the palm springs party that that i helped um organize and and um, dudes bank dude uh co-sponsors um they put on a party in northern ontario at this wonderful private campground in uh the summer of 2019 and then of course they weren't able to do one last year because of covid 
they're not going to be able to do one this year uh, because of COVID, but the organizer uh, contacted me to let me know that they are planning to return and try to do their second one in 2022. Um, you can quickly, you can um, Google search can Spanx, you know, sort of can short for Canada Spanx to find information. The uh, organizer um, is is uh, very active on Twitter. Uh, look him up. Is purple bow tie spanking? You can actually his his handle is purple bow tie two the number two. Uh, if you want to look him up, if you're a Canadian or if you like to travel to Canada, uh, and uh, want to pay attention to that for next summer. And uh, how about, uh, JR, what about the Avatar, the organization, your education organization here in Los Angeles? We're, we are hoping, uh, assuming everything continues to go well, to resume some in-person events uh, in late July and then to, to resume our regular in-person in uh, educational programs uh, through the summer and the fall, August uh, and thereafter. Yeah. Yep, and so uh, you will probably be there teaching some of the stuff we'll be talking about on this podcast episode uh, today. So, but first, let's let's entertain people by telling everyone what happened when we finally reconnected. So, yeah, I have been bugging. We had been Jr. and I have been talking in Facebook Messenger all throughout the the pandemic and uh, and uh, keeping track of of what's going on and as things starting to reopen. Um, looking forward to maybe getting back in action. Uh, and so we finally, after California kind of started relaxing, in California is essentially one of the one of the last states to kind of reopen here, uh, decided to to finally meet um, again. And so, uh, JR, you came over to my place. What were you thinking about when, you know, you were making the decision that it was time to um, allow yourself, give yourself permission to go find a butt to spank? Well, I mean, my, my first consideration, obviously, was the pandemic and my own safety and my partner's safety and um, and all that. So so he and I are both vaccinated. You are vaccinated. Um, and it had been long enough that, uh, you know, I think we were all confident that we had reached um our, our point of maximum immunity. And the, the guidance said that um, the vaccinated people can be unmasked together. So um, that seemed fine. That was my first consideration. Then my, you know, my BDSM consideration was, I, I was actually more concerned about you, but, uh, and, and how you would react to things having been away for, for more than a year. But it, it's also been more than a year for me. So I've, like I wanted to make sure or, or or be certain that my own sort of calibration and perception was was still good, right? Like I like I would I be too excited and go too heavy too fast or um you know, would I would I accurately guess where you were in the in the space of things or, or what? So I, I had all those sort of bubbling questions I didn't know about. Yeah, for me, of course, I had some of the some of the same concerns. Um, but the, one of the other things is like Jr. actually is also responsible for me getting vaccinated because he had uh, directed me towards because I live uh, Jr. lives a little bit further away from the denser parts of Los Angeles, and so I was looking at 
when my tier of vaccinations open, having a very difficult time in making appointments. And appointments were very available up where JR lived. And so I actually went to uh, went way up there. Um, nice long drive, but um, the availability was very nice. So I got vaccinated probably two or three weeks faster than I would have if I had been fighting for openings here where I was. Um, so, but, you know, not a big deal, but, you know, we, we, since we had the communication with each other, we were all taking it seriously. I trust JR. One of the reasons, again, I wanted JR, well, first of all, I knew that the first thing I wanted to do was to bottom rather than top. Um, it's, it's kind of, I do still want to, I do, I am still looking for guys to spank. I've actually been bothering my bottoms on <laughs> trying to get them, trying to get them to come over now so I can spank them. Um, but going 14 months without, if I, I, I have a feeling this is probably true of any, any switch and certainly of course any bottom, but for any switch, like the bottom side just really, really came out in the lockdown and just like all of my fantasizing was entirely about bottoming very little fantasizing about spanking I, I just i knew i needed that to be fulfilled first above and above things if i were to spend if i were to spank if i were to have gone with one of my bottoms first and spanked the bottom i would have been spending the whole time thinking about me being spanked it probably wouldn't have been a good top <laughs> <laughs> so um and again by the same token i was worried about how much it could take but having jr as my top JR was the second guy, the first one being the bully who is, I've also talked about in the podcast. There are two people I bottomed first uh, once I started getting back into bottoming, and JR was one of them. And I've been, I, I haven't really counted, but I, I know for a certain I have been spanked more by JR than any other dude. Certainly, probably three times more than any other dude, <laughs> uh, at least. I mean, it was a monthly, you know, when Moonburn was going, it was, nearly a monthly thing so um so yeah so so uh but i was concerned about you know how much i would take how much it would hurt uh whether it would be difficult to get back into spanking habit so um what what's interesting uh what happened is kind of so the fear was i'd only be able to take a little bit i wouldn't be able to find my headspace you know, so that I could take a lot. Uh, and I would end up feeling disappointed in myself um, because that typically happens like with, if you're new to spanking, when you first, when you start, when you realize that, you know, you have to build up your butt to, to actually have your fantasies fulfilled because your fantasies tell you to take a lot more than you can actually reasonably take at first. And so I thought that was gonna happen again. Um, and it wasn't quite what actually happened. So the first thing that happened is I got into my headspace absolutely immediately. Um, I was actually just joking with JR that it was like, I went just like completely ragdoll. Like if he was like, um, I go over JR's lap uh, over his knee to be to be spanked uh, a lot. And I just completely flopped. Like it was like picking up a cat by the scruff of the neck and then just dropping me across JR's lap. Uh, and I was, was like that. Much like that. It was. It was. 
<laughs> it was like I don't think I've ever felt more like a slutty bottom. It was just <laughs> Um and I just kind of laid there. There there was, you know, I did react uh but I immediately I immediately went into I'm a bottom headspace, you know, spank me, uh bully me, do whatever you want. Um the funny and, and so the spanking felt like I remembered, um, which meant that I enjoyed it a whole lot and also that it hurt. Um, and the the twist was um, it felt the same as a typical light to moderate spanking, um, which I believe is what you gave me. Would you agree? I thought it was a little more than light to moderate at some point. Okay. All right. Well, good. So it's good to know that my headspace can allow me to take the yeah. Well, the the bath brush. There a bath brush was involved, and so you can you know there's no such thing as a lightweight bath brushing. Um, <laughs> but there's probably afterwards. Um, my uh, butt was a lot redder and darker than it would than I would have expected from that level of punishment. And I wondered if there was going to be bruising the next morning. So um, difference from taking a year, more than a year off was that um, my butt uh, um, reacted more. And my headspace was fine, but uh, my backside, my butt was a lot more um, red, a lot more red, uh, meaning that my butt took a lot more I don't know. I don't want to say damage, but you know what? I, you know, it, my butt was a little bit uh, more harmed uh, by this baking than it would be if I had been getting it on a regular basis. Um, the, what was great about it is the next morning um, I didn't have marks because that's what I was running. It's like and I'm fine with marks. So it's like, well, I took a bath brush and used one of my heavier paddles on me. So I wondered if the next morning I'd have bruises. But no. So. For you, how did it feel to give that spanking? It was good. Uh, you know, my, my arm was fine afterwards. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't suffer any, any lasting injury uh, <laughs> or soreness. Uh, I, I was glad that my, um, you know, as I said, I was, I was worried sort of that my perception or calibration would be off. Um, and for the most part, I, I you know, I, I, I think I, I guessed it right. I judged right. Um, I was I was a little more um, attentive to the clock than I maybe normally would be just to make sure that I was pacing things well and not not ramping up too fast. So I would look at the clock and, you know, make sure I was sort of spending at least five minutes at this level before really moving moving up a step. Um, yeah, I did. One thing I did notice is that you definitely and of course, my, I appreciated that this was a much slower build up because like once, you know, when we're when we normally play um you know when we were both in the thick of things uh, as far as as spankings like um the pants up period would be pretty damn short uh and uh you're getting pretty intense pretty quickly and i love that and uh um and when i can take that it's great but yeah you're a lot um a lot more ripping up than i remember yeah this this was not a, a time to just tear into it and you know and and go 100 percent. this was uh, definitely in, in my mind and I think in yours, it was it was a, a time to like get back into it slowly and for both of us to figure 
figure it out with a with a um, you know a little bit of time to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess you know the lessons here are you're it, you're you're kind of a newbie again for for at least your first session. I guess we'll find out from future sessions. Uh, you know how long it takes to get back into the way things were. So just keep in mind. I mean, well, mostly a newbie. I mean, the big thing I learned was well, okay, my headspace. It was really easy to get back in the headspace. But now I just have to kind of remember that my butt is going to take a few more sessions before it can build its tolerance back up to what it used to have. Um, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, and so I guess um, be more responsive, uh, both as, I guess as tops and bottoms, and checking in with your partners, paying attention to how they're feeling and how they're reacting. Um, yeah, I was fine with the whole thing. I never felt that Jer was going too hard. I never felt like I wanted him to slow down. Um, and actually, towards the end, uh, when it was over, it, it did the best kind of ending where it's like I, I wished I had taken a little bit more, uh, had taken a little bit more. Uh, but we'll be, we'll be have plenty of spankings in the future. Um, uh, so just a, a few tips there on on rebooting yourself. What to think about when you start going out, going out there uh, and getting some spankings again. Um, but I wanted to talk about for the the real life uh, spanking now that is becoming a real life spanking thing again. Um, as part of uh, rebooting, uh, you know, when you spend a lot of time not being able to do something that you like and want to do. Uh, and you're just stuck with fantasizing about it. It's also an opportunity to kind of really think about, uh, rethink about um, the stuff that you're, you're missing and thinking about maybe doing new things and doing more things once you're able to get back into it. So um, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about with JR, um, that I've wanted to talk about with JR, and this seems like to be a perfect opportunity is Considering expanding your BDSM uh, fantasies in play beyond speaking into other types of impact play. So, and JR, I want to join here because you also, uh, even though spanking is your primary uh, kink, you very much love other types of impact play. Yeah, I, I love flogging. Uh, I love um, punching. Um, and I, I can certainly uh, get into some uh, slapping a face now and then. Yeah, and uh, JR is responsible essentially for introducing me to all of that. Um, before meeting JR, I'd only done spanking play. Uh, now I'm very much interested in all of these other types of impact play. And so what I wanted to get JR on here to talk about is, first of all, describing how to do these things, but also why should somebody who knows that they are primarily into spanking, um, consider this other type of impact play? Yeah, I, and that's a great question. And I think a lot of us who started with spanking um, eventually found have found our ways to other sorts of impact play because it, it, it turns out you can get that same endorphin rush. It's a different psychology. It's a different fetish, but... Um, it, it's the same endorphin rush when you're when your body is being struck or when you're doing the striking um, in in pretty much any way. So um, so being um, 
into or proficient with other kinds of impact play kind of ex expands the pool of people you can play with. Um, other, other people may not be into spanking, but they might be into flogging or punching, um, and they might be into those things with you. So it, it, it gives you access to a new, um, you know, a whole new set of people you might be able to play with. Yeah, yeah, that was something that I had been thinking about as as an op opportunities that I to get to know people that I I had been missing out on because uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of guys who are into flogging um, and not necessarily into spanking, but on the other hand, once you expand your horizons, there's also an opportunity to expand there. So uh, if you discover that. Uh, you actually like being flogged or like flogging, which is something that I discovered uh, with with JR. You can maybe find um, partners who are into these other forms of impact play and, you know, do the reverse. Introduce them to spanking if, they, if it's not something they've done and they may discover they like it. There are a lot of stories out there in the community of people uh, in the spanking scene introducing other people who are kinky or fetish oriented who haven't really tried spanking very much and getting them into spanking. Um, it's also, it's also potentially an opportunity to do things with, um, with people you already know, but who might not be interested in the same kind of spanking play. So I'm thinking, for example, you and I have a mutual friend in Las Vegas who would not be interested in being spanked by me but I had a great time flogging him and he had a great time as well. Right. So it's, it's again, it's, it's another opportunity to play with people that you might want to play with, but they might not be into your version of spanking play. Right. Yep. More choices, more opportunities, um, more fun. Um, so let's start with the one with the most obvious, um, emotional connection to spanking play, uh, and that is face slapping. Um, and I had been, I was curious about what it would feel like. And so I remember one day at Moonburn, I said, all right, well, let's just, let's just ask JR. Uh, and I brought you actually back to one of the rooms in the back that said, would you slap me? <laughs> and you did, and I immediately liked it. Um, and that I discovered that, yeah, I, I like getting my face slapped. And there was this immediate sort of endorphin rush. So, um, uh, and that was my first realization that maybe my interest in impact play was not just about my butt. Um, so what, what is face slapping all about, really? Um, it's, well, first off, it's, it's very, it's, it's very psychological play for a lot of people. Like there, there are people who are, who are very into spanking, but, but boy, don't, don't ever slap their face. So it's, it's definitely something that you want to, you want to ask about. It's not a spur of the moment. I'm going to try it and then, and then see how it went kind of thing. Um, but, but it's, 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 it's so up close and personal, right? It's, you know, having, having your face slapped may be more, more personal than having your butt slapped. For, for a lot of people. Um, so it's, there's, there's definitely an intense psychological dynamic to it. Um, it can, it, um, it, it certainly for a lot of people will fit into that humiliation uh, space 
as well. Um, and, and your face is very sensitive, obviously. It's mm -hmm. right. So it's, um, there's just a, there's a huge amount of physical sensation that happens, um, with, with even a, a pretty light impact. Um, and it, it really should only ever be a pretty light impact from a, from my safety perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you have the, the, the fantasy of, of some bully or, or your daddy figure or authority figure just hauling off and slapping you, do not. That is absolutely or, you know, you're, you have the fantasy of doing that to someone, even if they have an even if they have given you affirmative consent, you know, for slapping play, you do not just randomly reach out and slap someone. Um, there is setup involved. So could you just talk about that for a little bit? I, yeah, I will. And, and first I'll say I, I may get flack even for, for talking about how to do this with people, but uh, because there, there are, there are some, some folks who are very safety conscious who would say you, you just, you just shouldn't do it because there are too many opportunities for injury. Right. Um, my perspective on this is that people are out there doing these things. I'd rather tell them, um, how to minimize the chance of injury than than just to shake my finger and say don't do this. Right, it's like sex okay. education. You'd rather have them do it in the safest way possible. Yeah, exactly. And and so so here's here's what your your sort of um, safety considerations are. Uh, and and obviously around the face, it's around things you don't want to hit. So you you don't want to clap the ear and damage the eardrum. So you stay uh, um, you know in front of or above the ears. There's there's not really much you know below. Um, you 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 could smack somebody on the back of the head. That's you know that's uh, pretty pretty low risk. Um, and and by the way, we're we're talking about uh, around the head. We're talking about slapping um, and smacking, but not not punching. Right. right. So there's there's no like big impact here. These are all stingy slaps that we're talking about. So so no to the ear. Um, definitely no to the side of the eye or going across the eyes on the on the front. You don't want to graze the cornea. You don't want to squish the side of the eyeball and dislodge the retina. Um, and by the way, if if you know you have any of these issues, if you have issues with your ears or your your eyes or you know just just please just just don't do this. Um, but so yeah, no no to the ears, no to the eyes, and and also watch out for the jaw. So you you don't want to grind the teeth or whack the teeth against each other or knock the jaw out of alignment. So so where does this leave you? What this leaves you with is the upper cheek sort of um, I'm I'm usually looking to to get my index finger around the cheekbone. That's that's my aim aiming point is is if you if you just take your hand to your face and put your index finger on your on your cheekbone with the rest of your fingers down. That's that's about where I'm going, uh, and and I'm avoiding impact to the to the lower part of that on the jaw. Then the the other space that um, that you can kind of slap around is is the upper upper head above you know above around the crown above the eyes above the ears. Um, and again, you don't want to you don't want to hit someone hard on the temple. That's the thinnest part of the skull. Um, and if you if you here's if you move the head a lot, you could you're not going to cause a concussion doing this, but you know, the, the brain shakes around in that cavity a little bit. So again, we're talking about a slap, not a, not a, not a whack. Right. Yeah. Um, this is also a kind of play where as the bottom, as the person being slapped, this um, is not a situation where you just say, 
where you just shut up and take it if he's doing it wrong. You definitely need to be assertive at speaking up um, if he's if he is, because it's so easy to hit the ear and, and hit the eye. I've only slapped. Um, there's only one person that I've actually done this as a top with, uh, who's someone who likes to be bullied, and he immediately let me know that I I went too high with a slap once, and it was just on. And I knew it was just under his eye. I'm like, oh, okay, because it's diff. I mean, and because I'm inexperienced. And a lot of people are probably inexperienced with this. This isn't something a lot of people do. So as a bottom, the person being slapped, you have to be willing to speak up if they're not doing it right. And don't be embarrassed about it. You're kind of teaching your top. And as a top, you also have to be comfortable with being corrected and also being a sort of in checking in with the bottom and make sure you're doing it correctly. This is not a situation where, um, oh no, that you know the mood is ruined if I have to check in with them. If your mood is ruined because you have to check in and make sure you're okay, you're not ready to be doing this. Agreed. Yeah. And this, I mean, that's this is true with any kind of. And I, I, I would. It sounds uh, potentially silly, but I would classify this as edge play psychologically for people. So if, if if you're going to engage in, in edge play, you um, as a as a bottom, you need to be willing to communicate. And as a top, you need to be willing to be communicated with very, very openly and bluntly. Yeah. Yeah. This is not I mean, the fantasy is alpha male. You know, the fantasy is bullying, which, again, one of the reasons I love one of the reasons I loved um, being slapped by JR is because we are making face to face contact when it happens. And JR has the most wonderful mean face <laughs> that is such a it is such a huge turn on so like he's slapping me and i'm looking at him right in the eyes and once he's got that face going it's a real huge turn on but he's also very very careful about what he's doing and so i also feel safe to let him do that thank you yeah um and yeah but as also for the psychological component as as a Jer mentioned um, people. So, so having a fetish, um, people who don't have fetishes, and sometimes people who do have fetishes, very, very incorrectly associate the existence of those fetishes with how you were treated growing up. Um, it's not true. There really is not a, any sort of proven relationship with whether you were spanked or not as a child as to whether or not you will develop a fetish where you enjoy pain sexually as an adult. I bring that up because, as you mentioned earlier, there are people who like to be spanked who absolutely do not want to be slapped for reasons that have psychological connections. And it's important to understand and respect that. Um, you know, we've always had we've always had people on the scene who uh, like to be spanked with implements and specifically do not want to be spanked with other particular implements. And it has nothing really to do with the kind of pain that that implement inflicts sometimes. There's, for example, there's somebody that I know who can take a lot of punishment with a lot of different implements, but has specifically asked that I never use the belt on him. He didn't explain why, but I don't have to ask. When someone says something like that to you, um, there's obviously a reason. 
Um, and so just keep in mind, if someone doesn't want to be slapped, um, if you don't want to be slapped uh, because of those experiences, don't feel guilty or ashamed of, of not wanting that. You, you, you don't have to, to, be a, to fulfill your, your impact play needs. Um, let's move on then to flogging, because I had been I had been sleeping under flogging, which is probably one of the more the most more common impact play within the BDSM scene, you know, next to spanking. Um, and you'll see it at any leather, you know, any major leather gathering, you'll see lots of flogging going on. I didn't think I would enjoy it. And then when I got a flogging from you, I, I absolutely loved it. I just felt like I had been missing out on this for 20 some odd years. So uh, what is what is flogging like uh, for, for someone who's kind of not experienced with it? Yeah, so I I have gotten really into flogging and it, it didn't happen. And it, it took me years to, to get there. Um, so, like I said, I kind of came into the kink scene around like the early to mid 90s. I probably didn't pick up a flogger until, uh, um, I don't know, 2005, 2007. So it was a good 10 years or more. And I, I probably had a lot of the same misconceptions or, or just just lack of, of consciousness of some things about flogging. So it was kind of like, well, is this some sort of British British Navy scene or pirate <laughs> scene? Like, uh, you know, are we gonna are we gonna draw blood on this guy's back and throw seawater on him? Like, and and it's like it's it's none of that. I mean, it can be if you want. You can go there, um, but there's there's like this huge range possible with flogging. And the the thing that I didn't realize, and I, I think is the also the misconception that I see the most, is that flogging does not have to hurt, but it's still very intense impact play. So the thing I love about flogging is that there's this huge range of sensations, and it uh, it doesn't have to hurt. And here's this is the the misconception I probably hear the most and had myself when I first started learning about it is that it it's it's not a it's it's not about whipping first off whipping is a whole a whole separate topic um and it's it's not about you know stinging or cutting necessarily you know cutting into the guy's back so you can do a whole long endorphin uh in, endorphin inducing scene that is entirely based on thudding and thumping sensations with none of the slapping, stinging uh, sensations that you would get from a paddle or a belt. Yeah. So the the sessions that I've done uh, with JR have been very much on the thudding level. We haven't we haven't done the pain level. Uh, um, but yeah, the one thing I did notice was the the same the exact there was no pain. But I did have the exact same endorphin rush as when I was spanked. Uh, and I, you know, the same sort of reactions, the same sort of moaning, like when I get in to that headspace and I'm taking a spanking. So it, the neat thing is like it's something that I can combine with like uh, uh, something that would make a, a longer session, although I, I don't know how much I might wear, some, wear the top out. But um, or going to an event where you've got different kinds of play happening 
so I could do, you know, spanking play with some people and flogging play with other people um, and be able to get endorphin rushes by doing impact play on different parts of my body. So um, where are the, the, so first of all, very obvious, a podcast is a very bad place to learn how to flog somebody. So we are not going to teach you how to flog somebody on the podcast. You need to you need to meet someone to teach you how to give a flogging if you're interested in doing that. Which, by the way, if you are here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Avatar does teach uh, flogging classes, and JR does get involved with some of these classes. So you could potentially learn flogging from JR once uh, Avatar's classes are back. But some basics on where you where you want to be hitting it with the flogger and where you want to avoid. Yeah, and so this this is the same with um, with all impact play. So we'll we'll talk about punching in a couple minutes as well. Yeah. Um, and and the answers are always the same. So your your best target areas are the the meaty areas, the muscled areas that are away from joints. So the like the 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 sides of the back, you know, up up toward the shoulder. Um, are are great those sort of the like the the lats area um, obviously the hips are a joint so so technically the buttocks are on a joint but we, but that's a safe area to strike um, I wouldn't I wouldn't strike in towards the sides of the hips with either a flogger or or a fist or or a paddle obviously you, you just don't want to do that right um, and and again for all of these things you would stay away from um, from striking into the shoulder joint or the elbows. Um, you can also both flog and punch the, the chest. Um, the, the pecs are a great area um, for, for both flogging and punching and slapping. You know, um, nothing, nothing wrong with a good slap to the chest. Um, so those areas are good. Um, you want to stay away generally from unprotected organs. So, so don't, you know, probably go below the rib cage. Some people are into gut punching. I'm not. I, so I, I can't advise on that one way or another. Um, I, I would not flog both because it's terribly unpleasant and, and potentially risky below the ribs from the back either. Um, the, the kidneys are back there. Right. Um, and there is, uh, again, I'm, I may get flack for even acknowledging the possibility, but there's uh, a lot of people recommend not uh, letting a flogger strike the spine area. Um, but but certainly those 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 big lats on the sides of uh, to the sides of the, the back are are your your main target area. Right. OK. Um, yeah. So then for the last one, let's let's move on to uh, to punching. Um, which um, you also kind of introduced me. You actually punched my butt a bit, uh, a session of butt punching when I when you had me over your lap last weekend. So so punching seems kind of obvious. So so what do we say about punching? Well, for for one thing, some people certainly have a fetish for it. You've talked about bully fetish, so um, it it can be a psychological experience for somebody. Typically, people, interestingly, don't have fantasies about flogging unless you have a pirate fantasy or a British Navy fantasy. So so that, for me anyway, that's, that's almost entirely a physical, um, a physical game, uh, flogging. Punching, on the other hand, people, people may have fantasies about giving or getting uh, or being punched. Um, 
so there's that and and again it's it certainly can bring up that that same level of endorphins uh you know that your body generates anytime it's under threat or under attack um and you can you know it's it's almost entirely a, a thuddy kind of impact it's hard to make a slappy punch although again as i said you can certainly slap the chest or slap the back in you know in in amongst all your punches um your your target zones are the same you don't want to you don't want to punch into the shoulder although you can you can make a nice bruise on the biceps below the shoulder um if if people are into into being bruised a lot of people who are into punching like to like to get a souvenir to carry around for a few days uh, but as as always check check first if you're going to leave a mark um you can uh you can intentionally leave a mark by punching the same area a bunch like doing a, a little kind of jackhammer action or by by concentrating the energy just like a smaller spanking implement um has a sharper uh, a sharper sensation to it you can you can push one knuckle out on your fist to concentrate the impact on that little area and and that'll bring up a bruise very quickly for a lot of people um and yeah what what should uh what should people i mean it seems redundant at this point but but are there any specific things about punching that people need to be careful to avoid um well again just like everything else ask first um before you <laughs> you know hauling off and punching someone um i i it seems almost redundant to say but i would not punch the face or the head or anything like that um uh so all all just the big areas one one thing that that you might not have thought about or or one might not have thought about is if somebody is up against a wall or a St Andrew's cross the the impact of a punch is is magnified by the fact that they're held in place so um uh, well and also they could whack their head against the wall if if the the impact is significant and they're not expecting it so be careful about about whacking the head against the wall um uh but also also be aware that 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 backstop magnifies the impact of of your punch from the front so with that then we will wrap up this episode um thanks again for being on JR uh and uh talking about other types of impact play and you know as i said i've done all of this with JR uh and i've really enjoyed it and i didn't really know I would until it happened. And so I just kind of want to throw that out there to uh, help uh, help my fellow Spankos out and, and realizing that they might uh, might be worth uh, uh, looking at as, as a way of expanding your horizon. Um, so, but going back to the spanking, um, if you'd actually like to see uh, the end of uh, JR's uh, beating my ass he uh jr actually uh used my phone uh and recorded a, a decent uh decent pretty intense uh bath brush swats uh and i actually posted it up on twitter at the dudes spanking dudes twitter feed um the the feed the name of the feed is actually dudes spank dudes because because of length name length limits i couldn't put dudes spanking dudes as a twitter handle so uh if you'd actually like to see my butt in a jock strap uh being bath brushed uh quite firmly it's also one of the one of the funny things is 
Um, to me, it felt lighter than it was, and I didn't realize it until I saw the video. And it's like, oh, he's hitting me really hard. So again, it was one of those things where, which is great, I got into my headspace, which meant that I could take a lot of punishment. I um, did not realize how intensely he was hitting me with the bath brush, which is which is awesome because that kind of means that you know I haven't really lost much of my ability to take punishment. I just need to get my butt back in practice. Um, uh, the other thing I want to mention on the Twitter feed, because I'm a, a dumb old Gen Xer, uh, I encourage people to reach out to me with questions that I could answer on the podcast. But I never opened the dudes, Spanking Dudes Twitter feed for direct messages like an idiot. So unless I was following you back on Twitter, you couldn't message me. I fixed that. So now um, people, anyone can message me. Uh, at Dude Spank Dude. So if you have questions you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, you can let us know. Um, uh, JR, uh, how can folks uh, reach you on Spank This and Waps? I'm at JDog71, that's J D A W G 71, on uh, Spank This and Waps and in a few other places, but you can reach me at those too. Yeah. And uh, you're also, of course, as we mentioned earlier, you're heavily involved with Avatar Los Angeles. Uh, and you can look up information on them online, um, and you'll probably see them around when you, uh, if you go to any of these events once things reopen. As for me, um, you can find me on Spank This as Red SPK Scott. Uh, other sites like uh, Scruff, Waps, and Recon as Red Spank Scott. And you can find my bottom side on a lot of these places as Hotspot Scott um, and also on Self Spanking as Red Spank Scott. So uh, look me up in all those places. Uh, ask me any questions you might have. Um, thank you again, JR, uh, for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for the invitation. Uh -huh. And uh, we'll talk to everyone next time.